if you have your Bibles, be in First Corinthians chapter ten. You get to chapter 10, find verse 14. We're going to read through 22. Verses 14 through 22 in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to ask, how many of us here today worry about our children and grandchildren? Yeah. How many are concerned with, with your children and grandchildren making friends? Yeah. As parents, it's often instinctive for us to worry about who our children and grandchildren are spending time with. Here around Robinson County, once we hear that our children are invited to parties and outings and on dates, we want to know more than just that person's name. Uh, we want to know who's their people, don't we? Especially when they start dating. There's a couple reasons for that. I think it's due in part of wanting to make sure our boys and girls aren't dating their relatives. <laughs> that's, that's part of it. <laughs> Uh, we don't get together and know everyone. We don't have the family reunions we used to have. I don't go to my family reunions like I did when I was a child. I don't know a lot of my cousins. Yeah, so we, we worry about those things. But, but I believe more than that, it's important to us to know whose company they're keeping. We would, be, we would not be good parents or grandparents if we're not concerned with who our children and grandchildren are spending time with. And here in this passage, we find that Paul himself is concerned with who the Corinthian believers are spending their time with and what they're spending their time doing. When we look in, in 1 Corinthians, the Bible says this, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as... To wise men, judge for yourself what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we, are all, part, we, for we all partake of that one bread. Observe Israel after the flesh, and are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? Who am I saying, what am I saying then? That an idol is anything, or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And then I do not want you to have fellowship with demons you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons you cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy are we stronger than he this is God's 
holy word. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's true. Now, God, help us to receive your word and apply it to our lives. The word, God, you are glorified. Now, in this next few moments, God, speak to our hearts. And if there's one who doesn't know you for the forgiveness of sin, may this be the day that they call out to you, that they receive your son as their Lord and Savior, and that they follow you in their walk in this life. And we'll praise you for what's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When we look in this text and we study throughout the book of Corinthians, we find that the Corinthian church was confronted with the problem of idolatry. The word idolatry, it means both the worship of false gods and the failure to have a right relationship with God. Augustine stated this concerning idolatry. He said, idolatry is worshiping anything that ought to be used and or using anything that ought to be worshipped. So here we find some of the Corinthian members were actually attending social functions held in the banquet halls of idolatrous temples. They were also attending functions in the homes of idol worshipers. The social functions that that was going on then, may, it may be in your mind right now, what were they doing back then? Well, they were having marriages, they were having business affairs, and they were having day-to-day fellowship in homes that centered around idol worship. So this brings us to the question, were the church members right in attending these functions. I'll let you (laughs) meditate on that for a while. We're all invited to a lot of functions. We're all to be part, we're all asked to partake in a lot of gatherings, whether it be weddings, whether it be business gatherings, whether it be political events, Whatever it may be, we're invited to a lot of things. Now, is it right to be courteous and attend something that we know is not going to glorify God? Well, that was the question for the church in that day. What was the attitude or what was the position the church was to take? Well, what we see in verse 14 is that Paul charges the church, he says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So this brings to another question to mind. If we run from idolatry, where do we run to? Well, in this text, we find that Paul is speaking to the church, and he's telling the church to run to God and flee from the presence of evil. Now, for us, to, for us, how often is it that we find ourselves just hanging around the company of idolatrous activity? 
We're told in Psalm 1 and 1 that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. The psalmist is telling us that we, we won't be blessed hanging around idolatrous activity. However, if we want to truly be blessed, that we must follow verse 2, which says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law, in his law, he meditates day and night. So, it's when we take heed to this truth, if we take heed and follow this instruction that we find ourselves blessed. For in verse 3, in, chapter, in, in the first psalm, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So when this is laid out before us and we have a clear understanding of this, here Paul wants the Corinthian believers to understand that, and I want us to understand that participation matters. Participation matters. Participation in the Lord's Supper, it matters. Why does this matter? Because participation in the Lord's Supper, it identifies who we are. It identifies us as worshipers of the Lord. When we partake in the cup and in the bread, we declare that we worship the Lord Jesus Christ. We declare that we have been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. We declare that as Christ did, that we have died to ourselves and, and now we live for him. We declare that we are in fellowship with him. We declare that we are now part of the body of Christ Amen. participation in this matters but participation in idolatry it matters also why how does this matter when we participate in idolatry we're wasting our time we're wasting our time with a meaningless worship. The worship It's a worship of nothing. It has no existence. It has no soul. It has no spirit. It has no power. It's actually us worshiping or participating in something that's a figment of our imagination because there's only one true God. But what idolatry will do is it will bring us into fellowship with the devil and his demons. The devil and his angels or his demons are behind all idol worship. And what's presented may seem appealing, but it's just a mask. In all actuality, it's just pure evil. So if you think that, well, it doesn't matter that I partake in this because I don't believe in this, it does matter. Because it associates you with it. Ephesians 6 and 12, the Bible says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So the devil and his demons are all around us. John 10 and 10, he teaches us that the thief, Satan, the devil, he's seeking out to steal, to kill, and to destroy he does this by turning us away from the, our Lord Jesus Christ and by enticing us to give our lives to the things and the gods of this world. And when we become consumed with this world so much that we prefer this world more than we do God, he's fulfilled his desire. So we must flee idolatry. When we participate in idolatry, we're being condemned. 
It's impossible for us to participate in true worship of God and worship devils. We can't do it. Darkness and light will not dwell together. Verse 21 tells us here, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of demons. You remember hearing the saying, you are what you eat. Behind this is a challenge or charge for us all to eat healthy. For if we eat an unhealthy diet, we will find that our bodies will break down earlier, faster, and with more pain than if we eat a healthy diet. Eating a healthy diet gives us a better chance at a long, productive, and fulfilled life. What we put in our bodies, according to the commercial, according to the slogan, it does matter. Folks, what we participate in as it relates to worship, it matters. If we worship the one true God by identifying with with the death, burial, and the resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, if we have made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, then we can have an abundant life, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And as we begin to prepare our hearts and to partake of the Lord's Supper, know that we can't sit at this table, at the Lord's table. And sit at the table of idols. He won't allow it. Joshua 24 and 15. We remember. They had. They were crossing in. And they had gotten to a point where. They were were possessing the land of the Amorites. And the people had. Had started participating in their worship. And doing the things. That were ungodly. They were participating in idol worship. And Joshua gathers Israel together. And he shares this not long before his death. And he says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day who you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites whose lands you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're coming to this table. And I hope that before you partake of this table, you've settled in your heart and you've settled with the Lord. As for me, I will serve the Lord. We hope you've enjoyed the message today. And if you happen to not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior and believe that God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins, And that he died for our sins. And he arose on the third day. And then if you would confess him as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved. You must believe this with all your heart. And you must be willing to serve him. If you are, all you have to do is talk with Jesus. 
You don't need a preacher. You don't need a church to get saved. But if you get saved, find yourself a Bible-believing church. And I believe God will richly bless you.